Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Morning, Russell. Good morning, Russell. Good morning, good morning, good morning everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you that we are alive, that we are well, that we are healthy, that we are safe, that we are connected with you. We thank you that you call us to be in your presence. We thank you, Father, that you are a shepherd. For when you are a shepherd, we know that we lack nothing. And all that you do for us when you are a shepherd is recorded in Psalm 23. Just as David experienced it, we experience the same. So that gives us confidence, Father. And we thank you for that. We thank you for your love and for your mercy. We thank you that as you draw us, we enter your gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. Into your courts with praise, Lord. And while we pray in the outer courts, we offer ourselves a sacrifice, Father. Just as you said in Romans 12, verse 1. We acknowledge your presence in this prayer, Father. And we ask you to direct our thoughts, our words, our path, our prayer. We trust in you with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding, but on the direction that you give us. In the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that you call us to commune with you in the secret place. And while we are with you, the peace and joy that you pour into our hearts, Lord, we share with all those that are part of this prayer meeting, that are part of this praying family. We share it with all those that are Christians everywhere that do not yet know you, with all those that do not want to know you with all those that we are lifting up in our place of prayer at our altar. And we share it with all those that have no one to pray for them. As we offer our faith to stand in that gap, Lord, so that you can hover over everything that is void and formless. You can give it life, you can give it shape, you can give it form. And we know that you make all things beautiful in your time. So we thank you, Father, for that love that you pour out on us. And as we make our prayer, Lord, this morning, lifting all of these in our place of prayer, we call on your name, the name of our maker, our creator, the one who is faithful, the one who is the preserver of men, whose hand is not short to redeem. And we pray in the name of your son, Jesus, the one who taught us to pray, the one who taught us faith, the one who is the fulfillment of all the law. And through him, we have achieved atonement. And now it is through him that we receive the gift of salvation. When you call each one by name to come to you, that they might receive that gift, Lord. It is he who is our wonderful counselor, and the Prince of Peace, the author and the finisher of our faith and our destiny as well. And we pray in the name of His Spirit, the Spirit of the Living God, the Spirit of Truth, the Spirit of Light and Life, our Comforter, the Seal of the Age to Come, one who has made His tabernacle within our body. It is through Him that the Father works in us, stirs up the word, grants us revelation, 
and there is a lifting, there is transformation through the working of his spirit. We thank you, Father, that you've blessed us with this gift of your word and your spirit. And every day you peel off new layers so that there is a newer level of revelation which takes us to a higher dimension of growth in the spirit. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with the gift of that word and spirit. You have blessed us with the gift of angels and destiny helpers to support us on that journey to fill in all the gaps. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with every physical provision that we need, that we shall be lacking nothing when you are a shepherd. Because you provide all those needs in accordance with your riches. And the earth and all of its fullness belong to you. All of its richness comes from you. You own it. And you give it to those whom you will. So we thank you, Father, that you are faithful. You also provide every spiritual gift in the heavenlies. So that when you gave us dominion, Genesis 1.28, you give us everything that we need. You provide all the capability that we need along with authority in order to exercise or in order to live in abundance and exercise that dominion. We thank you, Father. As we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, a cover and seal every word we speak, every prayer we make, as well as every person that is part of this prayer meeting and every member of every family that is part of this prayer group. By your precious blood, Jesus, <coughs> the blood of the new and eternal covenant. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your holy, pure and perfect will for each of these lives. We call the angels of the Lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, any kind of natural disasters and spiritual attacks. I command that angelic protection and I declare divine exemption in the mighty and all-powerful name of Jesus. We also herald the power in our spoken word. As we proclaim your word, Lord, from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, that says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out of my mouth this day. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I send it. I send it in faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of life, for that gift of discernment to choose life, even in our words, every time we speak. Thank you for that power of life on our tongue. Thank you, Jesus. Yesterday, we reflected on the realm of Galatians 2.20. And as you look at it, it keeps expanding when you meditate further on the person of Jesus. And that is what our daily journey should be like. So that as we meditate further and he reveals, he peels off another layer and reveals more of himself, then we seek to adopt and take on that likeness of him. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. 
And it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then we touched on the mindset of Jesus, the Lamb, which includes obedience to the laws of God, not desiring esteem, control or security over our circumstances. While reflecting on the same, again, as I kept reflecting again yesterday, there were some more scriptures that came to light on the life of that person who takes on that journey of crucifying himself with Christ. The first one is Ephesians 2, verse 10. It says, We are his workmanship, that is, his own masterwork, a work of art. That's what the Amplified Extension says. Created in Christ Jesus, that is, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and ready to be used for good works. So we were not saved and renewed because of our works, but he saved us so that we can do those works, the good works. So that we can be prepared for the good works. What are those good works? His works, the purposes of his kingdom. So we are not justified by the law, but after being justified, we will live by the law that is natural outcome because of the working of his spirit in us. At the same time, we will also go out and fulfill his works. That was the purpose of his salvation. Which means when you are saved, you are expected to do good works. And to those who do well, he gives more. That's what the parable of the talents is all about. Works of the kingdom. He expects you to not be a wicked and a lazy servant. As we saw in the, in the case of the servant that received the one talent. Although once you receive salvation in this case, he won't throw you in the outer darkness. He will respect it if you say, I cannot do your work. You still retain your salvation. Now, what works are those then? Ephesians 2 verse 10 goes on to say, they are works which God prepared for us beforehand. The Amplified Extension says, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged, which he prearranged, pre-planned and made ready for us. So he has already planned in advance what work would be assigned to you when you get saved. And that's interesting. Here are we still living in the flesh and given to sinful ways and he is not looking at that sinful life but at what we will become when he puts us through his process of schooling in the spirit. He will look at what we will become and then the works that we will carry out. And that's why it doesn't stop at salvation. 
That's the prime importance of him giving us his spirit, knowing how weak our flesh is. The baptism of the spirit. And now, in this context, when you look at Jeremiah 29 verse 11, when it says, he has plans to prosper you. It means that he has plans that ensure that once you are schooled in his spirit, and then you go out to do his works, you must succeed. His plans ensure that you must succeed. Succeed in the time of testing while he prepares you for your coming ministry and succeed after the testing is then when you go out boldly. I hope it is making sense. It is complex when you link this to Jesus putting his nature into us in Galatians 2.20. It's quite a deep reflection there. But that is what we are called to do. So that we can boldly carry out ministry like he did. And then when you start to look at life in a new way, then everything starts to fall in place. Teaching your children to be godly is not then just a parent's job anymore. It is a kingdom purpose of raising more ministers, more soldiers for God's purposes, more ministers to God's people, ensuring that the next generation as well has representatives that God has selected to lead them, to teach them, and to carry out his works among them. Sharing the gospel with friends and neighbors is no longer just inviting them to an experience, but we do it with the purpose of saving souls. And what's more, we now look at Ephesians 3, verse 10 and 11, where it says, To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. And then verse 11 says, according to the eternal purposes which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So on the one hand it was ministry, now the other hand he's saying, let it be known to all those principalities and powers that stand in opposition. Remember Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, we wrestle against principalities and powers. So here he's saying, let those very same principalities and powers, let it be made known to them the wisdom, the manifold wisdom of God. Through whom? Through you, the believer, the church. Let it be revealed to them. Now what is the eternal purpose of that wisdom being revealed there? Salvation of men and defeat of these principalities and powers. So when we combine these two verses together, when Galatians 2.20 says, the life that I now live after being saved is Christ living in me. And I'd like to look at it as Christ living through me as well. That implies that Jesus continues his ministry even after he has gone to heaven. He continues it through us. The kingdom mission of salvation of souls is given to us. 
We are created in Christ Jesus for good works. Ephesians 2.10 For the good works in accordance with what God has pre-planned. At first when you read these verses, it may not immediately make sense. But once you start looking at it from this angle, seeking to understand what is it that Paul tried to say there, then it starts to make a lot more sense. Created for good works in accordance with what God pre-planned to the extent that through us his wisdom would be revealed and announcement would be made to the spiritual forces that stand against. That God's wisdom is here and these are the ones that will triumph through that wisdom. Man. And we must emerge victorious because he trains us in his, in the spirit. He prepares us for those good works. He doesn't just send you directly after giving you the gift of salvation, directly go out to do the good works. He prepares, he tests and he continues to prepare again for good works of salvation, for battle with principalities, all those battles that lie ahead. And then he reveals to each one what is the specific nature of their purpose, their calling so that they can take up their battle positions, so that they can take up their vocations that he has planned for them. God has plans to prosper you, to give you an expected end, and not put you in harm's way. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that as each one that has received that gift of salvation starts to meditate on what is the purpose of that salvation and where are you taking me with it? What lies ahead of me? What comes next? Let their purposes, their vocations be revealed to each one, Lord. Let their calling be revealed. So that then when we align with that calling, when we submit ourselves in all humility to be schooled and prepared in the spirit, to undergo all the tests, that we might be found trustworthy for you to bestow all your backing, your power and all your wisdom on. That we can then step out boldly knowing that we do not go alone. For Jesus himself promised before he left that I will never leave you, I will be with you even unto the end of time. We ask, Lord, for that edification as we meditate on our personal calling. To know where you have placed us and what call you have put upon our life. What kingdom purpose have you set over us? And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease, that are hospitalized, will undergo any kind of procedures today. We pray for all families, Lord, that are facing the prospect of division and separation. What you have joined together, 
that no man, no spirit divide. We pray also for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives. Especially that of prayerlessness, busyness, ignorance, poverty. All aimed at keeping your people in subjection. All kinds of addictions, mental behaviors, compulsive behaviors and mental disorders as well. We come against them by the blood of Jesus. And we declare in the name of Jesus, under his authority of great commission, that every such yoke be broken now by the blood of Jesus. And we ask for the anointing of your spirit on each of these lives, Lord. That quickening, that there is transformation for where the spirit of the Lord is, there must be liberty. Your people cannot still exist in subjection when he comes. So we ask of you, Father, for that anointing over the lives that we now lift up in prayer for. For these we ask, Lord. We pray for our own personal needs, those of our families and our friends as well. Especially those that are not yet saved. Quicken them, O Lord, that they might call on your name. For unless you quicken them, they cannot come. But when you quicken, then there must be renewal. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And as we release our faith and our prayer, making this a prayer of agreement with each other in the spirit, we believe that we have received. We believe that this prayer is an answered prayer in the name of Jesus. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift, release your tongue and your faith and ask the Holy Spirit in all sincerity to take over. Let us now make our prayer in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And Kundiya <laughs> 
While we were praying then, the Lord gave me the image, the same image he gave me the other night. It's the image of Simon of Cyrene helping Jesus carry his cross, which is a confirmation of Galatians 2.20. And the Lord said, when you preach my word, you are helping me carry the cross. And the scripture I've been given this morning is a confirmation for, for Russell, for his scripture and teaching today. It's from Ephesians 3, 7 to 10. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the princi principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It is worth reflecting on this scripture once again and see what else the Lord wants to tell you there. We also have a scripture shared in the chat. This is from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11, quoted from the easy-to-read version, where we learn from Christ to be unselfish. And it is written, 
in your life together. Think the way Christ Jesus thought. He was like God in every way, but he did not think that his being equal. He did not think that his being equal with God was something to use for his own benefit. Instead, he gave up everything, even his place with God. He accepted the role of a servant appearing in human form. During his life as a man, he humbled himself by being fully obedient to God. Even when that caused his death, the death on a cross. Another scripture shared in the chat is from the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 9, where it says, We might make plans, but God knows our way and directs even our steps. The psalmist tells us that he is personally acquainted with our way and he knows and directs our way. It is he who brings them to fruition. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these morning encounters, Brother Savio's powerful daily reflections, he's posted a, another powerful one overnight as well. Please read those. Um, share them with family and friends. Also, if you are being blessed by our daily rosary and divine mercy sessions and Friday Bible study sessions, please share links for Zoom and YouTube with family and friends and invite them to join us. Alternatively, you can point them to the recordings available on YouTube, Spotify, podcast, as well as our YouTube pages. Also, a reminder about our Bible study session this Friday. It will be a continuation in our series on altars and what you need to know about them. This will be the third part where we continue to learn about altars, how to know one is working in your life, the role an altar plays in prayer and how you can build one. We shall share links for Zoom and YouTube for this session on all our platforms today. Please share those with friends and family. Invite them to save the date and join us this Friday. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day. A great week ahead, everyone. Thank you, Thank Rasa. you Rasa. So God bless everyone. Bless everyone.